Hey, Catalyst crew. Welcome to Catalyst Corner, episode 60. It's Thursday, so we've got Jim F0123Art on with us, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. How you doing, Jim? I am doing okay. How about you? I'm all right, hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, we had a, uh, a flood, flash flood the other day. Yeah, it's been uh, raining really, really heavy around these parts lately. We had just dismantled, uh, she does like the gardening, right? Mm-hmm. We just dismantled a one of those boxes, you know, where yeah, you grow the vegetables right, yeah. and shit. And I hadn't taken it and put it in, in the shed or anything. It made it through one gate, knocked down some chicken wire, and then made it to our back wow. gate. That's how insane the flooding yeah, was. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get washed away. Yeah, you know, where's Aquaman? Right, where, where, where is he when you need him? <laughs> so, before we get into the meat and, and potatoes of the episode, okay, I wanted to discuss uh, something kind of interesting. Sure. So, as you know, uh, we've been posting coasters every day mm-hmm. for Mortal Kombat, right. for the collective, Yep. Uh, and it's gotten a lot of feedback. Yes, it has. Now... As an artist, mm-hmm. right, I, I have difficulty with, like, I'll make something, you know, and in my head, I'll be like, oh, this, I'm very happy with this, you know? It's never good enough, but sure. I'm like, yeah, this one came out pretty good. And then crickets. Right. And then I'll do one, you know, I did, I did a, for example, I did a Jax I was happy with. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The day before I did a Sonya Blade that I was very unhappy with, people love it. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you you have no way of telling what is going to strike the fancy of the public once you put it on display. Yeah, but it's hard, you know. It is. It is. Because sometimes, like you said, sometimes you think you've really nailed it. And you think it's. Technically, you've nailed it. Well, yeah. But. Exactly. You don't, you don't, as much as you still see flaws, and we all always, nothing as will, artists. Nothing will ever right. be perfect. And, and nor should it ever be, because then you, then you get complacent and you don't keep on striving to get better. Right. So right. you Agreed. always want that. However, when you think that you've put out something that is. Doesn't make you want to vomit. Right. Exactly. And, and then you get crickets, and then you put out something like. Well, I did my best on this one. It's it's not the best I've done, but it's good enough. Let's put it out. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get a lot of views, a lot of eyes, a lot of hearts, whatever the case might be. And you're like, what is it? And that's what you can't understand. What is it about that that the, that the public liked more than this one? Because I find it to be the opposite. So I think I think what's interesting is when is when I sh- and and. You know, let me know if you feel differently. When I show my art to other artists and creatives, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I get a much different reaction than when I show my art to, you know, the public or the fans or whatever. It sure. Is. And I don't know if it's just because we're all looking at it with that, you know, artistic eye. And then the, the, you know, we'll call it the general public, I guess, is just looking at it from like a cultural perspective. So because, you know, I, I'm not I'm not Todd McFarlane. 
Sure. But I can draw well enough that you know who I, if I'm drawing a popular figure, you know who it is. Right. But you know, I think part of it is when somebody looks at it and they and they see it, they're going to be like, "Oh, that's a that's a nice drawing. That probably was difficult to draw." And then when you give it to an artist, they're going to say the same thing, but they know why it was difficult. They know what made it difficult. They know the difficulties that you were experiencing well, to make that piece. Well, I guess what what I'm saying, though, is, right, like for the Jacks, for example, mm-hmm. there was a lot of details on sure. that. And the Sonya, there wasn't. And they seemed to like the Sonya better. Now, now yeah. the artist people like the Jacks because right. they see all the details and the it, hard work. Exactly. But I, it's just, it's it boggles my mind right because you're looking because the people you've got two different sets of eyes looking yeah, at it you are you you know and, and it's hard to come at it from the other way right and that's the that's the real issue of it when you're looking at it when you're looking at it through the creative bent you're looking at tons of different things than the, the the normal person who comes in and just looks at it and it's it's entertainment right they're just going to look at it and whether I like it or I don't and it's not because of detail and it's not because of difficulty it's I like that character or I like that pose that character is in it's it's so much more simplistic the way they come at it which is there's nothing wrong with that no, like absolutely the, the not the thing of it is is that i would expect 90% of the gp to look at it that right. way you for know sure. what i mean for but, sure but what's what's it's hard as an artist at least this is something i struggle with obviously i struggle with it's never going to be good enough well right? yeah we all struggle Let, with right. that that's a pretty universal mm-hmm. struggle um, the other thing i struggle with is not getting depressed when the stuff that I that I think is good just gets crickets because right. again I understand intellectually that like yeah it doesn't appeal to the general public right even if it's it's intricate and there's details nobody cares right and that's it's hard not to get kind of run down right well that's go- but again goes back to my point of the general public is just going to look at it, and they're going to like it or they don't. Right. The artist is going to look at. They're going to look at the detail. They're going to know the hours. They're going to know the labor that was put into that, right. and they're going to look at it totally different. The general public just it's it's it's. They're going to look at it, and it's just whatever. I'm going to like it or I don't, and it's going to be whatever the first impression is. They're not going to go deep into it. No. They're not going to look at, you know, again, like my, you could throw down a million lines. My partner doesn't look at it with no. an artistic eye, right? And no. she came in the other day while I was working on one. Mm-hmm. I was doing Frost. Yeah. Um, and I was I was shading, mm-hmm. right? Because the tricky part about the coasters is every it has to be in two colors, right? right? right. So it's you're doing a lot of negative space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was zoomed in as I was shading, and she goes, "What are you doing? Right. That looks terrible, right?" Because mm-hmm. again, if you if you just look at it isolated, it's just like some right. squiggly lines mm-hmm. and shit. And then I zoomed out, and she goes, "Oh no, that looks good." Right, exactly. But that's what it is, you know. Right, right, and that's and that's the difference. One will look at one set of eyes is going to look at the intricacy of the detail, and one's just going to say, "Hey, that looks stupid," or "That looks good." 
and that's all and that's it and that's as as deep as it goes yeah it, it's funny because because yeah. like i'll look at a libra mayo and i feel bad sure i'm just like how do you even like where do you even start mm-hmm. you know and then uh, my partner will look at it and she'll just be like yeah that looks good right <laughs> exactly exactly and that's it and that's and that's the difference and and that's the frustration of being an artist is we look at it through one set of eyes yeah and we we can't look at it through the other set of it's, eyes it's anymore we like, can't I, I i've like the the closest i've gotten right is just like like for the sonia and the jacks thing to circle it back around i just assume from a cultural standpoint people like sonia better than jacks that's sure. the only way i can wrap my head around and it that because could be true artistically yeah the jacks is better right and that absolutely could be what it was nothing more than that but it, you know if you guys are listening i'd, I'd love to get some feedback some sure. comments you know um if you're an artist yeah. feel free to let us know how absolutely. you deal with it uh if you're not an artist and you just enjoy looking at the art uh let us know as well mm-hmm. you know yeah please all right let's move on from uh from that i know that can okay. be that's a that's a chunky yeah what do you got for me today okay so what i want to talk about yeah we we and we talk about this a lot we talk about diversity and inclusion and we're both in agreement it's a necessity right we have to have it to move forward and and to make it it would be weird if we didn't right absolutely but the one thing is you can't just shoehorn diversity and inclusion and the woke message into whatever you want and have it for a modern audience when it's not there and it would never be there in the first place. And let me give you an example. Sure. Paramount Plus put out a show recently called The Rise of the Pink Ladies, which is a prequel to the movie Grease. We all know oh, Grease. Oh, we yeah, all love Olivia Grease. John's girls were the pink right. ladies, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So this is how they form. So this show was supposed to take place four years before the movie. Okay. Okay. Early 1950s is like where like we're America talking America too. Right. Right. Middle middle, middle America. America. Right. So what they have is a diverse cast. There's a like you know Asian, there's a black woman, there's a a homosexual lesbian woman, right? And they're just they're just everyone's cool with them. Right. And they they have a very so, feminist agenda. So here's the thing before you even keep going. Mm-hmm. You can have those characters. Right. But the plot has to be the segregation against those characters because that's how it was in the 50s. You can right. pretend like it wasn't, but that doesn't make it go away. Right. But so here's the problem. Right. You and I were not alive in the 50s, no. but we know the history. We know what went on in the 50s. Right. That was not happening. And the Pink Ladies were the popular girl group right. of Rydell High. Right. Those woke agenda, the diversity and inclusion, would never, ever, ever in middle America, high school, but, but 1950s, why? ever be the case. But why do that? Why right. not, Why not just do it modern day? Right. Because it, you know why? Because what it doesn't work. The exactly. show itself doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Right. And, and that's so the whole point of just, it. They're just trying to co-op the Grease name. 
right. to throw a Hail Mary and say, even though this is garbage, maybe the audience will forget. Right. And so, you know, the show got canceled immediately because the sure. viewership was awful and yep. they're pulling it from the platform completely they're and pulling, taking it. They're pulling a willow. Right. They want a tax write because of how because no one, they know no one is ever going to watch this Do and they want the think, tax write off. Um, speaking of speaking of all of that, because that's becoming more and more popular now. Mm-hmm. I think in like. 20 years there is going to be a treasure trove of lost media sure where people are going to watch and go what the fuck were they doing right. but but here's the thing right and and this is going to lead me to a to a second point but here's the thing so you make this show and you're talking about diversity and inclusion you're talking about feminism right you're talking about you know <laughs> like the feminism thing i can kind of you know i I can kind of get on board with that because it was the pink ladies and they were hanging with the the fellas. Yeah, but they they were still, but I mean, when you look at Greece, they were their girls. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they weren't. I'm just saying, like, if you want to do women empowerment in that guise. Yeah, I guess guess you might be able to, but, you know, but again, you you know, in just an outed female LGBTQ, right? None of that is ever historically going to be accurate. No, it's Black, it's know, Black Cleopatra. Right. Ex- that's exactly what it is. You're, you're rewriting historical facts to try to fit your agenda <laughs> now, into the now show. Now, to be fair, obviously, Greece is not historical fact. It's no, just, no, 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 no. The, you know what the but problem is? But the 1950s is, is right. what I'm saying. The problem is, is that you're, you're doing, you know, it takes place on Earth. Right. Right? So you can't fudge what the 1950s were right but here's but here's the bigger problem right this took place as i said four years prior to the greece movie okay all of your stuff then was dead within four years because when greece the movie comes out none of that existed so i just you know what's crazy is that i mean look greece in the day was big Right. And I remember, like, being a kid, it was pretty big. Mm-hmm. You know, Greece isn't big now. Who the no. F- like, nobody fucking cares about Greece. No, no I mean, Greece is always going to be one of those movies that is yeah, iconic like, in name. Is like, with a Gen with a Gen Z or something, like, if Greece came on, they'd be like, oh, yeah, Greece. Like, no. That, that's as deep as it goes. It's no. not like nobody's stopping to watch it or no, anything. No, I mean, I'm sure everybody that had children played it for their kids yeah, yeah you know what i mean and they and, and the gen z generation probably sort with their parents and that's it i mean they're not but they're like, not I fond never, of it I, they're I, not gonna grasp I mean, on to it listen if i'm not that i have cable anymore but if i'm flicking through the channels and grease comes on i'm not staying on the, i don't no. care enough no but but here's the problem and and this it, this is going to lead me into into a second topic which is the acolytes star wars show that's being planned for Disney Plus, right? The Acolytes is about females yeah. who are going... They What they want to do is they want to take down the patriarchy and destroy the Force, right? This is the premise of what this show is about, and it's all female empowerment. I thought the Force kept the universe together. Well, so here again, here's my point. If you did all that, right, then you lost... You've failed because when we get to A New Hope, or or The Phantom Menace, I should say, in in reality, that shit's gone. 
So what you what you try to so how do you fit it in when you're trying to make a modern day for modern audience that is years prior to a show that exists and then all of the stuff that you're talking about is wiped out because it no longer exists when the when the actual first movie rolls around then everything that you set out to do has been destroyed it makes no sense there is no there is no diversity and inclusion in 1954 there is no strong feminism there is no you know proud lgbtq acceptance now i think i think with that all of that being said that's not us advocating to eradicate those things not in the modern day no but you can't make but you can't go back in time you and can't pretend that history, stuff existed right? you can't rewrite history right and and even in a fictional universe say star wars right mm -hmm. we because the because the property is so beloved and so kind of you know there's so much lore that's considered canon mm -hmm. right i think it's very strange to want to tell a story that kind of goes against the if you want to if you want to make the acolyte and you're and you come out and you say it's not canon have at it but don't sit there and go yeah this is canon Right. Well, but it is canon. I know number it is. One. I, I know. No, but what I'm saying is, but you're you're promoting it as we're taking down the patriarchy. We're going to kill the force. But you didn't. You failed. Your mission failed. So at the end of the day, however the show ends, we know that what you set out to accomplish failed. Yeah. Because the Phantom Menace shows that none of that stuff existed. So my guess is going to be, because I, I cannot imagine... <clears throat> there's there's too much left in the Lucasfilm tanks at this point. No, there isn't. So I'm, my guess would be Kathleen Kennedy is is trying to destroy Lucasfilm. Yeah, without a point. doubt. There's no like, doubt. That that's what her mission has become. Mm -hmm. And so I think what the acolyte will end on is just that they do fail, and it's just like yes, the bad guys won. Everything past the acolyte is just bad patriarchal evilness through and through yeah that's that's what it'll be right it's just but when you when you make these shows who are for nobody and then they fail miserably and then they get pulled from the platforms who, you know what's difficult i you shouldn't say for nobody it's for a very niche audience yeah i mean but really niche real right, niche. right and so instead of accepting that there aren't enough people that that want to see these stories and adjusting and telling stories that are more geared towards the general audience and again like i said i i do art mm -hmm. and i have made pieces that i love right that will never see the light of day because they don't trend right so you know my what i'm saying is is that it, it, it's the same thing for big old Megacorp. Right. But it, like if you want to. But my point is when you're doing this new Ray movie. Yeah. Which is 15 years or so after the rise of Skywalker. When is you, that supposed to come out? Uh, Never. It'll never yeah. come out. Well, I just can't imagine. Like 2025, I believe, I guess is when they I plan it. The reason I ask it. is because like how, how much how much more can can they take? Right. 
Well, I, who knows if it ever really is going to come out. But right. but the thing is, if you want to make that to a modern audience and you want to have that those talking points, you can because there's nothing. To, there is nothing. Right. There's nothing after to it. counteract it right. to, to to show that that makes no sense. But if you're doing something that's a prequel to a pre-existing IP, yeah. and we know that that doesn't exist by the time that that first movie comes along then again you're making you're making it just for yourself and again it is a very niche audience that is going to appreciate what you're trying to do and even those people are like yeah but this sucks like it but you made but, a terrible so show on top of it what's kind of interesting is here's kind of where I'm at with it all mm-hmm. right as a fan yep um now We've been doing this podcast for over a year. Yep. And and one of our first episodes was talking about superhero fatigue right. a year ago. Right. And I think that I was thinking about this the other day because I'm seeing more and more kind of mainstream YouTubers talk about the fatigue, mm-hmm. cape fatigue, they're calling yep. it. And I was thinking to myself... Is it actually fatigue, or are you just telling such shitty stories? Well, so you know this this brings up the Flash, right? Yeah, which is absolutely bombing in the box office. The Flash, I mean, it's almost impressive how bad it tanked. Right. I mean, you're talking about potentially a two hundred million dollar loss for this movie. Right. But we knew that. Listen, we talked about when Ezra Miller was going nuts. Right. You. What's funny is if you're going to take that hit anyway, why even release it? Right. So here's my question: Is the movie tanking because it's not a good movie and people have fatigue, or are people boycotting Ezra Miller because of all the things that he did, and you didn't pull this, and you then are promoting? Someone who potentially could be a criminal yeah. and people are not, you know, like we talked about in the, the last podcast about all the boycotts that are going on and kind of trying to write that in, in, in overcompensate for, for the pendulum. Are we seeing, because again, is, is the Flash movie great? I mean, yes, James Gunn and, and David Zaslov, they, they were talking about this is one of the greatest superhero movies they've ever seen, which is why they didn't want to cancel it. A lot of people then saw it and said, nah, it's not that good. It's not nearly as good as they're making it out to be. But you have Michael Keaton. You have some nostalgia there. You, It has to be somewhat fun with all the cameos and things that occur in this movie. So... You know, here's what I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think that there is some, at least from what I've seen from, uh, you know, the red carpet and everything, mm-hmm. Ezra Miller's presence is almost like people are uncomfortable and they right. shuffle their feet and look at the floor. Mm-hmm. But I think what really hurt this film was James Gunn announcing that the Snyderverse is dead. So, yes. so the point, the the reason I say that is because one, I've, I've heard the CGI is kind of shitty. Yeah. But even though, even though it has Michael Keaton and, and you know, I know they did Christopher Reeve right. for a minute. 
who cares? It's not going anywhere. Even if it's the best fucking movie, no, it's not going anywhere. No, but you know they did talk about this being Flashpoint, right? And talking about it kind of somewhat soft reboots well, into the new yeah, DCU. Yeah, but here's the problem: is that initially it was supposed to be Flashpoint, right? With Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, but but that now it's just kind of this this cobbled together movie with a with a nothing plot. No, and I, and I fully understand all that. Right, but but, it, it, but but you can't say it's the greatest superhero movie ever made. Right, well, and that that's if, hyperbole. If, if Obviously, no, it's it's not. It never no was going to be. But there's no fucking plot. Right, but the thing is, who knew that prior? Right, I mean, we don't, we didn't know for sure until the movie came out. And my point is, right, but we didn't know. But but the higher ups. No, no, no. They knew. But my, what I'm saying is. Even though these type of movies may not, it may not do as well as they think, it should have done okay. But it's a dead end. It, it is a dead end to a point, because some of that may carry okay. over into the new DCU. Let me, uh, let me let me even go a step further, right? A lot of the money that, that superhero flicks bring in mm -hmm. are not from people who like comic books. Sure. They're from people who like superhero movies. Right. If you're one of those people, you don't fucking know what Flashpoint is. All you hear no. in the news is that the Snyderverse is dead. All of, you know, all of these movies are dead ends. Black Adam, Shazam 2, they're all dead ends. Right. So, the you know, one, I think it's incredibly hard to get people in the theater mm -hmm. to this day. Sure it is. Nobody wants to do it anymore. It's expensive, no. you know, and two... Why go why go to the theater for a fucking dead end movie? Yeah. But I but I also think that they should have thought twice about releasing this movie based upon the the Ezra Miller factor. I think that he that I, I think his presence hurt this movie and I think the fact that all the stuff that came out that he did, you know, this yeah, isn't this I, listen, isn't a this listen. isn't an innocent until proven guilty. He's pretty much guilty. Right. And I I agree that you know obviously in, in the throes of it it was it was scary right but it's just that from what i'm hearing mm -hmm. through the channels you know like i assume his career is dead yeah but then but but the thing is then you have the the director come out and say I would never do a number two without Ezra Miller being the Flash. Right, of course not, because you you made the first one with Ezra Miller. Look, right, but it, but why say that? Why say that and incite people who are furious because, that Ezra Miller is even just, getting this opportunity? You're just trying to get people to pay attention. I suppose. Because the thing is this, right, is that the charges were dropped. He went and got help, quote unquote. Sure. So you can't, you know, you can't ca ca come at it from, like, he could still be a nut. Right. But you can't come at it from that standpoint because he did what the studio asked and he behaved on the right. right carpet. Like, you can't. Right. But but you have to factor in is what the general public well, let me sees ask you him this. as. Like, do you, I, I don't think Aquaman 2 is going to do well no, either. No, of course it won't. But I don't think it's because of Amber Heard. No, not not based upon the amount of uh, scenes that she's in. Right. So so my point to it is is that, you know, that's another. No, e but even but, though she's a bit right. Mm -hmm. What she did 
would be enough to get people to boycott the film. And it might. And it still might. People might be furious that she's in it at all yeah, but and I, might boycott I, it for that purpose. I don't know. Were you, fu- were you furious that Ezra Miller was in it? No. No. I'm not. But my point is, I think that we're seeing people take stands yeah. against certain things. And you know I think crazy, that that's though? one of the stands. I... If I'm if I'm Zasloff, right? Mm-hmm. The only way I'm releasing this is if it truly is the best superhero movie of all time. And maybe in his mind it was. I mean, maybe well, to as him someone it who was. Doesn't, but that's the problem: is that these people aren't professionals in in the comic book world, right? Professional businessmen, right? And just because it's the best co- superhero movie you've seen, right? And see, you can't go by James Gunn because James Gunn is playing with house money. He had nothing to do with this movie. It's not a reflection right. on him he's, whatsoever. He's, he's, a he's top telling dog you this too. is a dead end right. movie. He's a top dog too, though. Right. So he's ne- he's not going to shit on. No, of course he's going to promote the hell out of it because obviously he's doing it because he's a top dog in you know DC's movies, but. You know, again, you can't go, don't go by James Gunn. So if I'm Zaslov, I can't go by, you know, He's James. Right. You know you what know, I'm saying? Listen, because James, I'm not shitting on James Gunn because no, I do nor like am him. I. But, he, but he's kind of one of your yes men. Sure. Absolutely. So it's just like, and then and then they scratch their heads and they can't figure out why it tanks. Right. And, you know, and again, don't, don't sit there and wonder why Aquaman is going to do the very same thing because right. you told us to not care about these movies. Right. Well, They're that, dead see, ends. To me, that's... The thing is, is that what these actors are doing is problematic mm-hmm. and, and it's enough negative press to hurt the movie. Right. But if people thought it was going somewhere... Like if Johnny Depp came out and said, I'm doing another Pirates, people would go nuts. Sure they would. Regardless of, of all the shit that happened. Mm-hmm. But you told everyone months and months in advance before we saw anything, before Shazam came out. Right. None of this matters. Right. And it's you over the last 20 years, we have showed the public that the next superhero movie will lead in from the previous mm-hmm. one. So so they're trained to look for that. Right. And and especially if, if there's if there's a bunch of in this is the summer blockbuster, right? So you get a lot of movies coming out week after week. So if I'm somebody that likes to go to the movies, but financially, you know, I've got to pick and choose. The Flash is one of those ones you're not going to pick because you know it's not leading anywhere. It's So I can wait to see that movie when it comes on streaming for free because... Why am I going to pay to go see that movie when I know it doesn't lead to something else? Right. I'm going to save my money to go to a movie that I know is more important. Right. And that's what's happening. Well, I think I think I think the biggest crux of all of it is that everything is a blockbuster now. Right. Every movie they make costs three hundred million dollars. Just about. When you do that. Mm hmm. If every movie is a blockbuster, there are no blockbusters. Right. So you know what ends up happening? When a movie comes out that's made for $70 million, I get pumped because I'm like, oh, finally, something fucking good. Right. Right. Exactly. Because you know that they're going to take a chance. Like, the way that the game used to work, right, mm-hmm. is that they would make a movie, 
a blockbuster. You'd have your blockbuster, you pay 300, it makes a billion. And then for the rest of the year, you make 70, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollar movies so you can make the blockbuster in the summer again. Right. So the blockbuster pays for the rest of the year mm-hmm. and then your returns on those smaller movies pay for the blockbuster yeah. almost no movie nowadays that's not animated is under like 250 million dollars right. and that's the thing is that if every single fucking movie is a blockbuster now mm-hmm. none of them are right right so, so there is no special there is no you know excitement like endgame because even even it with endgame it was a blockbuster because there were still blockbusters then. Right. Now there's not. Right. And and again, there are movies that are doing exceptionally well. So people will go to the movies, <laughs> sure. but, they're, but they are more selective but in going the to the movies. Do you, do you remember when Avatar 1 came out? Yes. Different vibe than when Avatar 2 came oh, out. Oh, absolutely. Because no, nothing is special anymore. No. But you take something like Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, right? Yeah. We know... Based upon the budget and marketing, it's going to need nine hundred million to break even. Right, right. But knowing what the landscape of the movie-going audience is, where it's not as robust as it used to be, why do you put yourself in a position where you need to make nine hundred million well, to break even? It, it's such a strange. Like we have such as, as the public, we have such a strange relationship with the movie studios mm. now because. You've you've force fed us blockbuster after blockbuster after shared universe after multiverse. And then when things aren't going well, you blame us. Right. So it's like, what kind of relationship is that? Right. And the thing is, you're setting yourself up for failure because even something that does well, like it's hard to make a billion dollars now. Right. And the thing is, if you don't, it's a failure because your expectation going into because these you, movies is a billion dollars. Right. But the thing is, right, and what's crazy to me is that I, the the old model works. Right. Where you, where you release one or two big budget movies a year mm-hmm. and the rest are, you know, a little because you create creatively you're allowed to take more risks on a smaller budget film. Right. So you do you do get those, you know kind of lightning in a bottle type movies. Yeah. But on on a movie that has three hundred million dollar budget, you're gonna go as safe as possible so you make the maximum return. Right. But the thing is any any movie that Disney's putting out right now, the expectation is a billion dollars. There is nothing there is nothing below that. They're not expecting a movie well, to go well, they below were doing, that. They were cuz they were doing that for a while. Right, they were. And so they've set themselves up with that expectation that every movie that comes out is going to be that. So they raise the production budget because they realize, well, again, we can sink more money into the movie well, because we know we're good. They're, they're not looking at it with an artistic eye no, anymore. No, you they know, aren't. At least the executives of 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 the past understood that like hey a 300 million dollar movie is a is a gamble mm-hmm. you know because if you have a battlefield earth situation right you're fucked right you studios closed because of those type of right. risky maneuvers right so to do that with every film right and then you have the track record that disney's had over the past 
let's call it three years to mm-hmm. be generous. Sure. How are they even alive right now? Yeah, they barely are. They barely are. Right. It it, it it's insane. So before we get off of like superheroes and stuff, because I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Disney. You see the announcement for uh, they announced who's going to play Superman? Yes. And Lois? Yes. You know what I thought? I What's think a- I think the kid looks fine. Yeah. But he looks exactly like Cavill. Yes, but he's ten years younger. Sure, but I mean, like, so. Eh. But he looks exactly like Cavill. Yeah, right? that's pretty good. So. Right. It, it, di- that's a great casting. Right. So you dial it back 10 years. Right. And that's what you're going to get. Right. So you've got a, a Henry Cavill lookalike that is the age appropriate. Well, maybe 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 Gunn's smarter than he's coming off but as. But what then. happens if you go forward 10 right. well, years? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like, right. You, know, it's you can not- always bring Cavill back. Exactly. And, and, and Gunn said he had a conversation with Cavill. Right. That's what the conversation was. Right. Like, I already got a guy in mind. He looks just like you as a kid. I want to go to the past, and then if we do future stuff, if we can get this off the ground, you're back in the suit. Right. I don't... I. As much as that might be a pipe dream that we're talking about, it's oddly coincidental that he, yeah, looks, he looks so he much looks like Cavill. like Cavill. I mean... If, if when Cavill I saw it, would, I was just like, why even fucking hire anybody right. else? Now, uh, again, Cavill is a genetic freak, right? For 39 years old, he looks like he's 29 years old. Well, but, I mean, yeah, but he's also a millionaire who gets to work out and eat the best sure, food and everything. Eh, understood. Stay, but, and he's from England, so he doesn't get sun exposed. Right. But this kid looks like a, <laughs> yeah, he does. a young Cavill. Yeah, it's and crazy. And so it makes, it, like, that is a great choice by Gunn because you've set yourself up or if you want to use Cavill again in the future, if you go older, you could. You now definitely and then you have, could. Uh, you know, they got Lois as the marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She's fi- like she'll. I think she could play Lois well. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't I, know listen, either of these anybody, two actors. Anybody's going to be better than Amy. <laughs> right. It just. But when you, I'm just Not, talking it, about visually, yeah. she looks the part. Oh yeah, for sure. You know like, what I mean? Like just from an aesthetic standpoint, you nailed it. Right. So I don't know her acting chops. I've never seen yeah, her in she's anything. Pretty good. She's pretty good. But at least she looks like when I picture Lois Lane, this girl is gonna you know fill that the, part. The only criticize uh, criticisms I've heard is that people are shitting on his physique, and it's like shut the fuck up. Cavill was tiny before he was well, Superman too. Let's be honest. What do we have? Three years. Right. He's gonna be a monster by the right. time. I mean, again, he's going to go into the. He all he has to do now is go to the gym and eat right. In the next until these this movie starts shooting, he'll be of the physique yeah, you be, need by be, the time this movie Superman. shoots. I I think that this has potential. It does. It absolutely but, does. But the thing is, is I don't I don't feel comfortable with Zasloff because because not no. even from a superhero standpoint, he was ready to kill Turner Classic. Right. What are yeah. you fucking doing? Yeah, that's crazy. That's a crazy yeah. idea. To the fact that Spiel, like, to the degree that Spielberg, Scorsese, and Paul Anderson had to step in, right? Like, that's nuts. Yeah, he's, you know, again, he he came in like a white knight, and now that the dust has settled and he's been here for a little while, I'm not quite sure he's like, the I guy. Got, I gotta tell, he's definitely not the guy. And and I'll tell you something else. The new Max app mm-hmm. sucks. 
Oh, does it? It, the old app, the HBO Max app, yeah. had uh, hubs, right? Okay. So, like, if you wanted to go, you know, the hubs were on the menu. Yeah. That's all gone now. You can still get to the quote-unquote hubs, but you got to, like, scr- it's a shittier app. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yes. It, it, it is a, it is for the worse. Yeah. Right? And and I'm just sitting here going, like, why, who who gives us the okay? Yeah. It's just so foolish. Yeah, I, I'm hoping at some point they flip it to somebody else and, and yeah, but somebody. But here's the problem is it's, it you know, there's only ec- with these big behemoths, mm-hmm. right? There's only s- so many companies that could buy it. Right. And, and, and you flipped it to half of the big companies and look what they've done with it. Nothing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So wh- what could they do with it? Who knows? Right. Where where would it even go? Yeah, that's the thing. Where Where is it going to go? I don't know. Shit's wild. So let's shift gears a little bit, but okay. not really. So, you you know, obviously we've kind of talked about um, buying reviews and things of that nature, right? right? So I've, I've, I've heard some podcasts and, and things of that nature uh, where movie reviewers basically say like look we all play the game right because if we don't then we don't get the advanced screeners right and we we're out of a job exactly and and that's always how it's been sure that's always been the case but not to the extreme that it that it is now right and and let me give you an example so the witcher Mm -hmm. you know i love talking about sure season three part one what a fucking mouthful came out uh, I don't know, yesterday, the day before, who fucking cares? Right. It came out. It scores a 71 on Metacritic from a critic perspective. Mm-hmm. There are zero negative reviews. From an audience perspective, it scores a 3.8. Yeah. So I can understand that if we're playing the game from the critic's side, Sure. It's going to be higher than the audience. Right. But no negative reviews. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I said, this is fucking, you're full of shit. Right. Well, you you know why there's, you know why they're full of shit? Because Henry Cavill quit because right. of season three. Right. And, so he and, said how bad season three was, which caused him to quit. So if you believe that there are no negative reviews because the lead actor quit because of how bad the season is then you know this is all just bought and paid for bullshit. Right. And what's the point of even paying attention to it? It's it's just so strange to me. Yeah, and, it is. And, and, you know, they're doing it with... Uh, it, it, Disney Disney's the biggest culprit. Yeah, they, I mean, obviously, they, they pay a lot of people yeah, off. I mean, obviously, The Witcher... The Witcher is such a tragedy just because it, it had the potential to be a huge franchise. Right. And I think it's going to go down in history as an utter, like Game of Thrones level Mm -hmm. bad. Right. Like that's where we're at with it. It absolutely will. Now, that being said, House of Dragons is doing very well. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can give it some time to settle, get the right people in there and make something good. Possibly. But I, I think it would be a huge mistake on Netflix's part to make, and this isn't shitting on Helmsworth, right? right? It's not his fault. No. 
No, he's been put in an impossible win situation. Right. And he came out and they, he did an interview and he's like, look, I'm reading the books. Like, he's putting an effort in. Sure. But there's nothing you can do, kid. Like, there's nothing you can do to get the audience on your side. Yeah, but see, but see I, I disagree with that he's doing that. No, I think he's probably full of shit, too. But No, no. And the reason I say that is because the whole purpose of the whole blow up for this thing is because Henry Cavill loves the books. And they want you to not... Pay any attention to the lore in the books because they don't want to do anything right. that is remotely attached to it. I, so I, I guarantee they told him, don't read, don't listen to anything that came from the lore. We're going to make this ours and you're just going to, you're going to do right, our but he's version. Out, he's out there saying he is reading. Yeah, he can say that because he's trying to get the fans on his side, <laughs> but that's, but that's, that's lip service. But that's the key, right, is that... You know what you have to say to get the fans sure. on your side. So you, you're you being malicious because right. you know what you're doing is wrong. Right. So so zero negative reviews on this Witcher. Yeah, that's bullshit. The, the negative stuff I'm hearing from the audience is it's boring. It's right. overly complex. Exactly. Like, it doesn't focus on Geralt. Here's the thing. The, the beauty of the Witcher is there is a lot of political theater in there, mm-hmm. but it's more just... Geralt's there to kill monsters, and he keeps getting dragged into political situations. Right. But he's there to kill monsters. Right. And that's the core of the of the books and of the game. Right. Exactly. And they lost the plot with that. Right. Yeah. They decided that wasn't what it was about. Right. And so now you have this this weird fucking part one, part two shit, because they're, they're I, I don't even know why. Yeah. That must be damage control, right? Sure. Because- I bet the the second half is probably so fucking bad. Yeah. Right? That they had to split it to trick people into watching right. more. Absolutely. So if I'm Netflix, I'm I'm shutting it off. Yeah. I don't know if it will because, no, you know, they they're won't. still running around. They won't because they put out, you know, a bunch of shit that's that's terrible. So I don't think that they have learned their lesson. No. And, you know, let them keep hemorrhaging. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, on the other side of the aisle, you have Disney. Mm-hmm. That that's the biggest, you know, culprit of all of this. Right. You know, review fixing, mm-hmm. and it's a testament to how bad Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is that e- there are no negative reviews because mm-hmm. that's that's the new note, right? Right. But it's still at a fifty-six. Right. So it's so bad that. Even following, you know, the new rules where there can't be any negative reviews, you still got an F. Right. Yeah, because they're giving it the lowest possible score that they can. In the parameters that Disney set. Exactly. So you still got an F. Mm -hmm. 56, 57 is an F. Right. Exactly. So it comes out today slash tomorrow, right? So we're going to actually get to hear what people think of it. Yeah, now now we're now the rumors are over. The 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 wonder the wondering of what's going to happen is over. Now it's for real. Now it's come out. Now we're going to start seeing the numbers. We're going to start seeing how much money it makes. We're going to start hearing what the audience actually thinks about what they've done. And we're going to get concrete evidence of exactly what this movie's plot is all about. Right. So uh, the other one, uh, and I'll tell, uh, this is the last little Disney snippet, which I thought was hilarious. So Pixar just released a movie mm-hmm. called Elemental. Yeah. 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 It's tanking. That's it's terrible. another the worst. Two, right. It's Pixar another like two, $200 million yeah, movie. Yeah. Just oh, terrible. Okay. So 
have you seen online like sometimes you'll see like um it'll be like spider-man right if someone's in the theater recording and you'll see like Oh, the reaction to yeah, Tobey yeah. Maguire right, showing up right, in Spider-Man yes. and people lose their yeah, minds, Yeah, or when right? they had uh, Captain America catching get the hammer. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mjolnir. Yeah. Um, and and everybody screams and yep, shit, right? right. And, and you you know, I was in the theater. I, that sure, happened. Sure. I remember. Right. Um, they, did, they did Disney's or Pixar's uh, social media account post. Mm-hmm. Posted one for this Elemental. Okay. And it said li- <laughs> the audience's reaction to when Clyde shows up, right? And so Clyde pops out of a trash barrel or some shit, and people are going nuts. Okay, right? that's the fakest. It's it's a fucking track. Sure. So because the thing is, right? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is Clyde? Right. This is this is a this is a movie that is original. Right. It's These not are a all franchise. original characters. Origi- right. They right. wouldn't know who that character is. But they're they're going nuts. Yeah. People are screaming. Oh sure, of course, of and, course, that's real. But it's just like it's it's insane to me. Yeah, it is. It, it, it the to the level of which they are trying to pretend that this you know this stuff is actually. You know, again, we're we're seeing the same thing with Disney over and over in in the media that covers. We're trying to come up with any and all way. We we are twisting ourselves into a pretzel to try to pretend that this stuff is successful. It's it's just really strange to me, and yeah. and, and I think a lot of it is, you know, they work so hard to get copyright so tight, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That there's no room for creative juice anymore because no. you can't touch these properties or you get buried right and then you know again you you are forced to do the agenda that disney wants so you have to have it in all your movies that is a prerequisite right. that disney forces upon everybody so you've got to make movies to the modern audience with the woke agenda attached to it right but even take even take the woke agenda element out of it right because i think the problem is is that you know we use that as a talking point a lot and i think that 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 message over story destroys a film no matter what the message is and I don't. I don't know that Elemental has a woke message. Well, they do. It's the first ever non-binary character. Sure, but like whatever. Well, no, but, but I'm saying it's. I'm saying, it, but, it, though, it, but it is, is in there. It's, right. it's the but, whole thing but, is but about. But that's not why people aren't going. People are aren't going because there's no heart to the movie. No, it's not like up. That, no, you there know, isn't. It, it makes you cry. There's no heart to the movie, and who the fuck is Clyde? Right, but the but the reason that a lot of people aren't going is because they don't want to explain to their children the, all the messaging that these characters are trying to portray. See, and I, so families I, I are saying in, they're I avoiding think in like it. egregious ones, right? I think I think we're no, the No, all of them. I don't know if that's true. No, it is true. It, it it absolutely is true. Families are are not taking their children to go see these movies anymore for that reason. And I've seen this and I've heard this by a numerous amount of of people in other, you know, YouTubers and things like that who have spoken to, you know, others and and, and gotten this feedback 
is they don't want to take their children and have to be preached to and then have to explain the preaching because there's nothing, there's not fun, there's no enjoyment. Well, that's, I think, the biggest... The kids aren't in, getting any enjoyment out of the right movie. That right there, I think, is the biggest note, is that they're not fun. No, they aren't. And, they're preaching. Right, but that's kind of a universal sort of feel to all of this. Every time you you release something that is so listen to the message mm -hmm. right even like wendy and peter it's not fun no it isn't it takes the joy out of the movie for children who are bored off their ass and then you know again you but it's not animated movies that are but problematic the is, no the thing is is that if the kids aren't having fun that's it right and that's and you heard that with the little mermaid you heard a lot of kids you know say it wasn't fun you know what's funny I, uh, obviously I don't have kids. Right. I'm a lunatic. I can't hey, fucking. Sure. Hey, but, uh, we have friends that have kids, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, my partner works at the hospital. So a bunch of them went to Little Mermaid with their kids. Every single one of them was like, the parents thought it was okay. The kids fucking hated it. Right. And that's almost every Disney movie now is what you're hearing the same thing. The kids are not enjoying the, the is, movies. The thing is, right? It, you know, what, five to seven is probably your target audience? They're about, yeah. You're asking them to sit for over two hours? Well, that's a problem in and of itself. Right. Is the length of these movies. With TikTok being the most popular social media platform, the attention span. It's not that the attention span is minimal. It's that the way our brains have adapted is I know what I like in the first 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And if I don't like it, I'll find something else. If I do like it, I'm willing to give you more of my time. Right. And and these and the thing is you're not making characters that kids want to buy toys of. Well, like, they're not fun-looking. Like, no. Flounder and, and Sebastian aren't fun-looking no. creatures. No, and the elementals aren't fun they're not well, they're toys. Not, they're not like anything that you'd want to, you know, you'd buy. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Kids aren't going to buy those toys. And part of, you know, part of the thing about being a kid, right, and we've done this because we were kids at one time, right. is when you see a movie, you go buy the toys and then you recreate movies yourself with right. the toys, right? right? That's what kids do. And when you see a movie that's not fun and then you have toys that no one wants... Kids aren't, that's that's where it's dying. Well, I think that's probably the best way to, because like the problem is, is that the way we generally come at these things, right, are as fans. Sure. Right? And at the end of the day, most of the stuff we talk about is for a younger audience. Right. So ultimately, I could accept if you were making things for kids and I've, I'm just an adult and I right. can't, I don't want to deal, I don't like it anymore. Sure. But I do like it, mm -hmm. generally. Yep. But the kids don't like it. Right. Right. So so you're making things that I don't like as, a, as an adult fan, mm -hmm. and you're making things that the kids don't like. Right. So, like, what are you doing? Right. Exactly. That's the problem, is that you're making movies that generally the majority of people don't like and and they don't want to then take it home with them it's just it's tricky because like and again this goes back to the blockbuster thing right mm -hmm. you remember when like selma came out the mlk movie yeah 
that was uh it was very important sure and it won academy awards and everything but it wasn't a huge budget right and that was that was a very message centric film right but you went into that going but that you knew right, exactly right. what it was so and again you can have those movies sure you, you know can. If the budget's 70 or 100 yeah. million and and it's a message centric movie that people yeah. know like ruth Bader ginsburg yeah, movie that, that came one out or whatever. right yeah you again there you know there, you know exactly so either you're gonna go see it because you want to see the message the message of uh, uh, in in the, in the historical f- what all the things that she has accomplished in her lifetime right or you don't want to see that right. you know you're not being duped in any way shape or form right. with but that the movie thing, the thing is right is that it, the kids and I, look there are messages and up and stuff right sure. there's there are there, there are some hard yeah, there are moments, messages but they're not the story is not there to push the message right the message is in the, the story. message is underlying Right, it's in the story. It's, it's the messages. There's always been messaging in Disney movies, and there's they've always, always been, been me- underlying look, messages that you been pull out from in it. every movie. Right, and you pull it out, but it's not. It's not front and center. It's not what the movie is about. Right, and when you start preaching whatever it is, mm-hmm. especially in movies that are supposed to be fun, right, you absolutely lose it right and we're seeing it right and and again you are not going to appeal to children when they feel like they're being scolded or in school right all right let's uh let's put this episode to bed as always jim thank you for uh your insights yeah absolutely what do you got going on uh just uh making sure we get uh artwork out i know we've been talking about artwork earlier in this episode and uh anybody wants to support artwork please go on to the social media you'll see new artwork every single week yeah your, your last couple have been really interesting oh, i like yeah, what you're I appreci- doing i appreciate it what did we do last it was a uh, arthur arthur mashup yeah king, king arthur, arthur with uh yeah the dudley movie Moore's arthur dudley yeah. moore's arthur with king arthur uh i want to see it that i want to see the yeah. uh, i want to see the movie yeah it's a movie that needs to be made <laughs> All right, guys, so that's episode 60 of The Corner. You know where we're at. CatalystCrafting.com is the main website. Catalyst Creations NH is the Etsy store. We post uh, coasters for Mortal Kombat Collective every day. We post a new coaster. That's going to go through uh, the middle of September for the game release. And, uh, you know, what do you guys think? I mean, as I said uh, at the beginning, do you, uh, do you look at things with an artist's eye? Were you uh, one of the 18 people that watched Rise of the Pink Ladies? Are you excited about The Acolyte? Did you see the Flash movie? How do you feel about the new Superman? Who's Clyde? And uh, are you going to watch The Witcher? All right, crew. We'll catch you on the next one.